you have joined us for another BA Chat. I'm your host, Kevin Kuntz, and right next to me, who are you? I am Rachel Kuntz, and we are happy to have you. We always want to remind you guys that BA Chats exist because we believe in the testimony. Testimony means do it again, God, so it's super appropriate, yeah. super profitable, it's super healthy to share the things that he's doing through us and in us and for us and, and around because it does this this gorgeous thing. Our hearts go, me too, I want to be involved. Yeah, I would like you to do anything in me too. And that's what we call the gospel. Yeah, it is. And it's the greatest invitation for you to have. It's an invitation for you, handwritten in that envelope with all the sparklies in it and everything. Truly. <laughs> Consider it the an confetti. invitation yeah. that, you know, Jesus do wonderful things in your mm-hmm. life that, you know, Matter of fact, we should just start. We need to just start setting that expectation that this is a time for the Holy Spirit. Just invite Him to just, Father, me too, me too. Do that in me. Pick me, pick me. That's great. I like that. And then the second reason that we have BA chats um, is that we have, you know what, when we look around Bethel, Atlanta, we look around the body, our, our body here at the farm, on the property, in the tent, doing the thing, and you look around, you're like, there are just gold. There is just so much gold. We have so many wonderful people that we get the opportunity to in- introduce you to and celebrate. Yeah. And so tonight we have some. We have a wonderful couple to celebrate that we are very excited about. Very so, excited. We've been courting yes. them and courting them. When can you come? When can you come? Welcome, Ed and Dana Bort. Yeah. Ooh, I wish there was like applause. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having us. It's an honor to be here with you. Yeah, oh, really? Oh, you guys. It's a lot of fun. So, Ed and Dana, I'll, I'll, you guys do a myriad of things, and we have a lot to talk about and a lot that I want to hear Lots. from you, but you guys volunteer in Kingdom Kids and are captains of one of our teams, mm-hmm. which I super appreciate because we had a, one of our team captains out for surgery, and so Dana and Ed have taken over, and oh my gosh, you guys are gifted. Thanks. <laughs> Dana, you're a teacher. And you're and both of you do great. Mm-hmm. The kids will just listen to Dana. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Really when she's when she talks, they listen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a gift. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so tell us about your kids and why you're in Kingdom Kids is because your kids are in our um, yeah, that's that's a big reason. We have three children. Our son Eli is twelve and he's actually in the youth group, but he's a, a helping hands. Yes. And so he's in there with us um, on the Sundays where we serve. And then we have two girls. One is ten and the other one just turned eight. Um, and so they are getting an opportunity to be in an environment where they are learning at a very young age the prophetic um, and dreams and um, moves of the spirit that I did not learn until much later in my life. <laughs> so it's really fun um, to get th- for them to be um, exposed to that um, yeah. now and to be alongside the journey with them. In that. And I think it's it's good for Eli because he's able to be there and learn how to serve and care and, and be there for other people. And the, the girls are learning a lot about the prophetic and learning how to, to pray and learning how to start moving in the spirit, which is a lot of fun mm-hmm. to see them do mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. And they do. They all jump in all mm-hmm. of the time, they prophetically do. and praying mm-hmm. for people. They're always so willing and eager learners. And we love your kids. They're mm-hmm. precious. Super accurate, too. Super accurate. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> Let's. Can you so. guys share any story? I'm thinking of two or three. But can you, anyone that you love about your sweet peas and just... Um, yeah, well, there is. So last December, the um, day, the last day of school before Christmas break, Elisa's whole grade got to wear their pajamas to school. And so <laughs> she was super excited, but she couldn't find, um, she could only find the bottoms to one of her sets. She couldn't find the top. And we searched everywhere through bins, throughout the room and corners. We couldn't find it. I'm tired. I'm a mom. I'm frustrated. Go to bed. And um, <laughs> when I was putting the girls to bed, I just said somewhat haphazardly, well, let's just pray and see if God will give you a dream and show you where um, the the other part of your pajama set is. Honestly, not thinking we would do it. Oh, you have a little faith. So <laughs> yeah. we prayed anyway, and um, the next morning I was downstairs um, getting ready for the day, and they come bounding downstairs, which does not happen on school mornings. And Elise says, Mama, Mama, Tori had a dream about my pajama top. So it all comes back to me, and I said, well, what was the dream? And she said, she dreamed that it's behind the couch. And they looked at each other and they go, we have two couches. So you take that couch and I'll take this couch. They just went for it. And so, and I'm kind of like a little bit thinking, if it's not there, how do I do this? And so (laughs) a little voice is like, it's not back here. And then the other one goes, Tori, come here. And and the pajama top was behind a couch. Like, 
we never, our kids are only in that room to watch TV and they don't change clothes in there. I honestly don't know how that top ended up behind the couch. So then afterwards, the three of us were sitting down and I said, "Um, Elise, it was your top. Why do you think God gave Tori the dream? And it was really good for them to, to stop and go, yeah, why did he do that? And so we were talking about it, and we thought what I came back to was God loves to do things in community Mm -hmm. and in family, and it's not just a one-on-one, I asked for this and God gave me this, which he does do that. But sometimes he wants to bring somebody else into the picture or the answer so that they're blessed as well. And we've we've shared that story. I mean, I've shared it with people who I'm not even sure if they believe there is a God. And so they're sort of like, huh, because you don't really (laughs) know what do you do with, I had a dream the night I asked for one, exactly where the pajama top was supposed to be in there it was. That's so awesome. Yeah, and it's fun because uh, Dana started a number of years ago. Anytime something was lost, she would kind of bring people together and say, let's pray and let's ask God to show us where it is. And probably nine out of ten times... God shows us where things are. Wow. That's so we don't need awesome. one of those little buzzers or whatever on lost things. We just, we just ask Jesus, right? <laughs> super. That's super. Do you want to share about um, Eli and his leg? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, so a number of years ago when we were at the church, when we had transitioned from the high school over to the church, uh, there was, I, I forget if the, the, the number, but there was a certain number of people whose their, their legs had been healed. And, uh, and so this part in big church, like the people were getting all the adults. That's right. That's right. Uh And so, um, and, and Eli had had some trouble with his legs. Uh, we had taken him to Choa and one of his legs, uh, they let us know was shorter than the other leg. And he was having a little, some, you know, a little bit of pain and some issues uh, with his legs and his back. And so, uh, when he was in kids church, they, whoever was leading, it may have been you leading. I'm not totally. So, uh, so, so I guess you called, you asked if anybody had an issue with their legs and Eli raised his hand. And so you had them come up to the front. And so he sat down and all the kids rallied around him. And when they did that, Elise, our daughter made sure that she was right up next to him. And as you guys were praying, he had his legs that were already straight, and he he uh, and they watched his leg grow out. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I asked him later. I said, "What was what was that like for you, Eli?" And he said he said it was like I was stretching, but my legs were already outstretched. Oh, wow. wow! And so he was really excited about that. So now he has a fingerprint of God on his life, mm-hmm. where anytime somebody asks, he's able to say, "Yes, I've seen God heal me." You wow. guys, it was noticeably shorter, and I had never <laughs> noticed until we put him. We against put his back wall. against the mm-hmm. wall, yep. and his little hips right up against the wall. And I was like, "Oh, you're. It is shorter, Eli." So we prayed, and we even. I remember saying, "Everybody, keep your eyes open. We're going to see a miracle." Mm-hmm. You know, it popped out like yeah. fast and I again you you have little I go oh like, did you do that and he was like no Miss Rachel I didn't do it and so we measured he's like it it was immediately yes it was amazing yeah. and having Elise there yes. in a similar vein right. as like Tori with Elise Elise with Eli because then we asked her Elise what was it like she's like mom it was it was amazing like <laughs> it was it's amazing. like it was moving but he wasn't moving it it was just <laughs> growing out and so yeah for our for our children to have these kinds of mm-hmm. connections in community but with God directly seeing him do things like it really builds their faith we've taken them with us to the um to the uh the bluffs bluffs, to the outreach where they've had an opportunity to interact with and really grow to love the people Mm -hmm. that i mean we've driven through that neighborhood when at least we'll just have tears running down Mm -hmm. our face like why are these people so poor it's like we're gonna love them we're gonna pray with them we're gonna we want to see their lives change so just including them in every aspect it's not just Let's just go and sing and have a lesson. It's life. Yeah. Oh, wow. And making sure that they're able to see that, that every person is made in the image of God and every person is valuable yeah. and worthy of Super. dignity and respect and honor. And so <laughs> to be able to go and do that and help them to, to understand these things about how they go about life and how they treat people is, is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Super important. Well, let's oh. talk about this. Is, is this blessed with the school when you were a student? Mm-hmm. Okay, so when were you a student, Dana? Um, at Bassam uh-huh. for two years. Um, so I did. That's right. Yeah. First and so it was seventeen to eighteen and eighteen to nineteen. Okay. So. She was in our revival. Class. Yes, yes you were. The one year that yeah. you guys did it together. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's right. That's right. I still remember the first revival one that we had. You had us all put a shoe under the oh, table. Do you remember the prophetic shoes? <laughs> yes. It was so great. That it was, was like so a- bizarre. And then like it worked out to like what just happened. You guys, that was like a hey. You know what might be fun. 
let's do this. We brought all these people. We had, were just meeting each other. Nobody yep, really even knew. Time. It was the first time we'd yep. been together as a revival group. Everybody took one shoe off, and we put it in a pile, and then you had to pick it and prophesy over that person, not knowing anything about them. It was wildly accurate. Uh-huh. You had a word about a purse. What was mm-hmm. that? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so we had been reading Sean Bolta's book, I think. Okay. Um, and so the whole scavenger hunt thing. And so, again, the skeptic, but like, I'm going to try it. <laughs> oh, so I'm I like, remember okay, this because you were like, I did not think this. And it was so accurate. Yeah. yeah it was I, one of the things that the Lord gave me was like, just, he often gives me pictures in my mind's eye. And so I had a picture of a, of a green purse. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and so after we had put our shoes or before, or sometime I was talking with Maggie, she was sitting across mm-hmm. the table and as we're talking, I just noticed her purse and we're talking. I was like, wait a minute in my own, I'm thinking, this is the purse that I saw. Mm-hmm. And then I remember thinking, I wonder if I have her shoe. And I did. I ended up having her shoe and the word that the Lord gave me for her, like it all just came full circle. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was really crazy. It was fun. It was. How was was that school experience for you? The whole thing, first and second year? It was, um, it was exactly what I needed. It's not necessarily what I would have sought out because I come from a way different background as far as like school being more really academic. (laughs) And this was a lot more academics. I can't wait to hear about this, but. But this was, it was what I needed in that um, I primarily went for the prophetic. Um, We, Ed is from California, and when we were living there, we went to Anaheim Vineyard. And so that's where we first got um, introduced to the prophetic. And and I remember thinking, this is so different, and I really want to learn how to do this. Because sometimes somebody would give me a word, I'm like, how did you know that? Or would give him a word Mm -hmm. that being married, I would have insight into what they were telling him, but nobody else would know that. And so there's this sense of like, if God cares enough about you that he would give me a word that I may not even know what that means but when I say it to you I can see the look on your face so I would definitely say the highlight of both of those years one of the main highlights was growing in the prophetic doing electives electives having activations being put in an environment where you're encouraged to fail yeah that is so not the norm when it comes to life in America (laughs) or academia but that sense of like okay I'm gonna go on a limb here is anybody in here named Henry okay nobody Henry okay that's good and you get applause good job (laughs) (laughs) yes pretty wonderful yeah and even the words that I've gotten over the last two years that some of them are very much playing into where the Lord has me now the community that get that is built in those settings um just doing life together having conversations with a CHOA nurse or with um, a teacher at a school or mm. somebody in is a pro- young professional in Atlanta. I mean, like, it's, we come together, we learn these things, we talk about these things, and now what does it look like in your day-to-day life? Mm. So I, I kind of miss it. I definitely miss the camaraderie. I miss the worship. Because this was your first year. Um, cause this is my first year out. Because mm-hmm. you were here. Everybody was at PCB. And right. You were here. and You were processing. You're like, okay. Right. So this was different, but I like right. it. I like the church. Right. <laughs> right. So it, it's weird because it feels a bit like a whirlwind now that mm. I look back on it. I bet. I mean, it's definitely, it, it's a commitment. And mm-hmm. being married with children oh, wow. and trying to like juggle all of that. But um, the people that you get to meet, the people you get to know, the staff that you get to know in school in a way that you just can't really outside of that. Sure. So speakers. Yeah. Yes. I, I have a lot to still process. <laughs> sure. No, it takes it takes more than a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. It really does. So, um, so Ed, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey to Bethel? Like, how did you sure. guys land here? Because we always have like the coolest stories of how people <laughs> got to to Bethel, Atlanta. So, I'd love for you to share a little bit about how you guys landed here. Yes, I'll be happy to. The um, so just kind of going back to what Daniel was saying about our time in Southern California, um, when we were in Southern California and we had just moved down to Orange County to go back to grad school and we were going around and looking at different churches and, and we were really never really considering a charismatic type of a church before. So we had visited some EV free type churches and some Episcopal churches and some, uh, just kind of various churches, uh, but never really felt settled because it always felt like, church was so canned like we could do everything without God and we wouldn't make any difference like we could do everything and God not God could show up and we wouldn't know the difference and God wouldn't necessarily show up and we still wouldn't know the difference because we had everything so scripted (laughs) and uh and so we just thought gosh you know what we want to be in a place where we're seeing God move and we want to learn and grow in these things well one of our professors was uh had uh, had an encounter uh with with the prophetic and he had started to attend the Anaheim Vineyard 
And so we thought, well, we really trust him, and we want to find out, is, is this stuff real? So, so we went to the Anaheim Vineyard, and, uh, and with, with all the courage that we had, we sat, sat way up in the seats behind the <laughs> curtains almost. Um, the courage got you to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. On Sunday night, right? On Sunday night, Sunday yes. Night. Yeah. And that's, where, that's where Jehovah Sneaky always comes <laughs> right. in. He's like, yep, you're in the back. We're I'm there it. too. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so we're, yeah. we're watching the, the service, you know, unfold, and, and you know, and they have... They have a, a woman over in the, on the side waving flags, and that was new to us. We had never seen that before. And yeah. they had uh, somebody speak in tongues, and that was we didn't, weren't really sure about that. Uh, and so after the service, we saw our professor friend and his wife leaving. We thought, well, let's go down and ask, see if we can talk to them. And so we went down, and we were like, could, could we talk with you sometime about our experience here? And we want to kind of know, is this real, what's going on? He's like, well, what are you doing right now? And so we just sat down in their little coffee shop right there and we talked for probably 40 minutes just kind of talking through things. And he was incredibly helpful just helping us Mm -hmm. to think through things and understand because he is so well versed in the Bible. He's so well versed in philosophy and theology and just he has so much behind him that we just really trusted him. And so so we uh, that kind of started our journey, started recognizing, you know, God's still active and moving today and helping us to move away from this idea that the gifts had ceased. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, oh, our journey there actually started a little bit earlier because we were on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ. Oh, and uh, I that's didn't how we met. Yes. <laughs> you guys, did you really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, every two years uh, in Colorado, we would have a big staff get together. Yeah. And part of that was they would have leadership from the different ministries kind of get up and talk a little bit. And it was always interesting to me because there are a number of people who are on staff who believe that the gifts had ceased, but every time Paul Eshelman, who is the, the founder of the Jesus Film Ministry, would mm. get up and talk, he would talk about the different miracles that God was doing around the world, and he would tell mm-hmm. these these crazy mm-hmm. stories. Mm-hmm. And we'd stand up and cheer and, and you know, yeah. yay God at that point, but then we would kind of go back to our campuses thinking that the gifts had ceased. <laughs> and it was like, well, wait a minute, that doesn't work out. How does that fit? And so that kind of got us questioning, and then and then going to the Anaheim Vineyard and having uh, receiving words of knowledge that nobody else would know except mm. for God, and to have a stranger telling us these things helped us to. God, and, and it wasn't condemning things; it wasn't things mm. that was like oh, calling sure. out sin. It was things that were encouraging and calling us forward, and encouraging oh. us to live in the kingdom of God and in mm. good and healthy ways. And uh, and so that that just kind of helped us to move more into uh, churches like the Anaheim Vineyard. And so when we came to Georgia. We were living down in in LaGrange, and and we had visited a number of churches down in LaGrange. We had actually gone down to Columbus, and we were part of a part of a church in Columbus, and uh, and we kind of were were in at that same place where we just felt like we weren't really seeing uh, even kind of an openness from a lot of the church members for the movement of of God, uh, even though they would they were preaching the word and they were singing worship and they were doing those things, they just weren't really open to the prophetic. They weren't really open to inviting God in and seeing him move. I'm not really sure if they would know what to do if he actually did something. Sure. Um, and so, so we were part of a church and every, uh, once a month we would actually drive up and we were checking out Bethel and figuring out, out Bethel Atlanta existed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is the big, right. We actually didn't know Bethel Atlanta <laughs> existed for a while. We were one of those. Did you know about oh. Bethel and Redding? And we know about Bethel and Redding. Okay, in gotcha. fact, uh, when we were at the Anaheim Vineyard, Jeremy Riddle was the worship leader at Anaheim Vineyard. Oh, wow. And then Bethel. he ended up moving up to Bethel. And he went to Redding. Yeah, and then oh. we were still we were still going to the Anaheim oh. Vineyard for maybe another couple of years before we moved back and here. And then we were at Valley Vineyard when we mm-hmm. lived in Simi for one right. year. Right. Yeah. Wow. So, so when we were looking around, we, we started coming up and we were just kind of coming in for, for once, uh, once a month. Mm-hmm. And we just, we loved the environment. We loved the freedom and worship. I mean, it was such a breath of fresh air to actually be able to worship. And, and now, and now at that point we had come to more of an understanding of the, the people waving the flags and doing sure. the paintings and doing all the different ways of worshiping God. Yeah. And we were just celebrating that. And we were celebrating mm-hmm. that now our kids actually get to experience that as well. Oh. And so that just kind of helped us more come in. And then we, we made a decision to move up to this area to be closer to the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that helped us to get more involved with, with the community as well. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my gosh. And you guys have been such a blessing. Ed, I'm going to keep asking you, what is it that you do? I'm so interested in your organization because I'm piecing things together, but I'm like, oh, that's good. <laughs> that's so good. So tell us yeah. about where you're working. Sure. I, I work at a place called Impact 360 Institute, mm -hmm. which is down in Pine Mountain, Georgia. So it's, it's about an hour drive. And uh, we, we exist to, our, our, our mission statement is to cultivate leaders who follow Jesus. And what that means is that, that we, have, we have three different programs. Well, we kind of have four different programs. Uh, two programs are in the summer. One is, for, is a leadership program that operates for a week in the, in the summer. And then the, there's a two-week summer program called Immersion that is a, a, a biblical worldview uh, mm -hmm. camp. And then we have a nine-month experience, which are for students who are 18 to 20 years old. And then we also have a master's program that's starting, that is more than starting. We have, uh, we currently have eight master's students that are do doing a, both a graduate assistantship with us as well as working on their own master's programs. Wow. And, uh, and, and they, so they work about 25 hours a week with us and they help us with things like discipleship and leading different projects. They'll actually lead projects to Brazil for a month yeah. with the students. And so we help to train and equip them and prepare them to be able to, to, to disciple and train and be with the students and encourage them. Um, and so we're primarily training and equipping them to in the areas of worldview, in apologetics, in in philosophy, in uh, in Christian worldview or Christian leadership. And so they're getting a lot of different things as well. There's a lot of different gap year programs that are out there, but there's no gap year program that's doing all the different things that we're doing. So some gap year programs are simply focused on Christian worldview or apologetics. Some are just focused on Christian leadership. Some are maybe focused on vocation. And we yeah. kind of do all three of those wow. together in trying to help them. Uh, the, the main emphasis that I try to get through to them is, is how do we live as part of the kingdom of God and help them to learn what is their place in the kingdom of God as they go out. Uh, what I'll tell the students, how do you go out shaloming? Wow. What does that mean? How do you go out shaloming? Yeah. So how do you take... So first of all, we get a lot of students who come in from a lot of different churches, and it is uh, not uncommon. In fact, I, I probably get five to ten students every year that let me know that they say, Ed, this is the last chance I was giving Christianity before I was walking away. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of times these comments come out while we're in Brazil, but they'll, because they, they kind of need the fall. Good to know. They, Good to they know. They kind of come. So, but it, it's, it's become commonplace that they'll let me know that, that, you know, they have been in church, they've been part of youth groups, um, and they kind of get tired of it because what they're primarily taught is moralism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're taught uh, a thing call, called um, uh, moralistic therapeutic deism. And so they learn a lot of moralism, but they're not learning how to connect with God. They're not seeing God move. Uh, they, they, in fact, we did a, a survey with uh, Barna, and in that, in that, that survey, what we found out that only four percent of Gen Z have a biblical worldview. Whoa. Only four percent. Four percent. Yes. Yikes. Which is incredibly small. And yeah. so, when you think about the number of high school students who are finishing up high school, there's only about four percent of them who have a good, legitimate biblical worldview. That's uh, a big um, question, but could Dana tell us what is a biblical worldview? Oh, I was going to ask him that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can answer that as well. Ed, what is a biblical yeah. worldview? Can you nutshell it? Time. Just keep going. <laughs> is yeah. there a way to nutshell it? It's so so important that we understand these things. Like, it, yes. what is that? Well, it, it's it's primarily learning to think Christianly. Okay. And so, and that it starts with an understanding of the meta narrative, and the meta narrative is creation, fall, redemption, restoration, and how do we think through those themes? Uh, because there are a lot of different views. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, we just got back from taking all of our students to Utah, where we were able to engage and talk with Mormons. And awesome. the Mormon worldview is v vastly different from a Christian worldview, mm. even from the way that they think about God. God is a created being, mm. and and He had an offspring, Jesus. And, and God rules over this world, but he's a created being. Mm. And Jesus was a created being. They, didn't, they haven't lived eternally. Mm. And that alone sets Mormonism apart from a Christian worldview. So how do we think Christianly about the world? What are the basic building blocks? How did, how did God do it? And how does he, how does he mm. move? What is his plan for us? So they, they need to understand what is the meta narrative. They need to understand what is the gospel message. Because a lot of times they think, well, hey, I, I prayed a prayer when I was young. 
and that kind of gets me into the kingdom. And, sure. and that kind of tends to be their, their focus is how do I get into heaven? Mm. And I let them know that's, that's not the point of Christianity. The point yeah. of Christianity isn't to get you through the pearly gates. Mm -hmm. The point of Christianity is to abide with Christ. Mm. How do we abide with Christ and live with him? Right. Wow, because to teach somebody just to be moral, but then not teach them how to connect to the one that has the power right. to, to cause those morals to be a blessing is mean. Yeah, that's terrible. It's, especially in today's you, world, you never succeed right without the power to actually do those things. Bingo. You're just that's up, right. I mean, it's hard. Well, and in, in, in today's world, in a postmodern America, where we see it, it, our our faith gets gets moved into the upper room, or it moves it's moved into a place where it's considered just opinion. Mm -hmm. It's not, there's no facts to mm -hmm. the, to the situation of morals or ethics or, or, or religious matter. So, so when we're thinking about things religiously, well, that's just your opinion. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. Wow. That's what, that's what a postmodern mindset thinks about. And right. so it's important for them to understand, no, there are actually moral facts that exist. Yeah. And once we understand what those moral facts are, they're, they are directly linked to or tied to who God is. Yeah. And so once we recognize that God does exist, so we, we provide the students an understanding uh, arguments for the existence of God so that they see it's not just, hey, the Bible told me so, even though that is still important. Yeah. We make sure that they understand that that's important. But uh, but there are arguments that we can use outside of Scripture, just like Paul in, in Romans 1 talks about mm -hmm. the, the creation around us gives us evidence right. that God exists, right? And so right. that no one is without excuse. Meaning you could study trees and get born again. That's true. Well, he's That's just made himself really back. Or, or at the very least understand that God exists, totally. right? And then you got to figure out, well, then you have to be curious about, well, what is this God like? Mm -hmm. Who is right. he? And so then, then that should draw us to... Try, kind of this this seeking a path of trying to figure out well who is this God, mm. right? Um, and so once they they understand who God is and they start seeing what a meta narrative is that that God has a plan, then they can start seeing oh well then it is actually more than just my opinion that these morals exist. Right. It is it is more than just uh, my pastor told me so and so I yeah. should follow it. Well, no, it's your pastor's telling you that because it relates to reality. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if we follow that reality, then we can understand we actually end up living a healthier life, a, a life wow. that's meant for shalom. And shalom is you were kind of asking about the the yeah. shalom as well. And the, to the go out shaloming. Yes, <laughs> and that that shaloming it, it's connected to the Jeremiah twenty nine passage that talks about us, us going out into the cities and raising the cities. That means we're doing things in the cities where we're bringing value and goodness wherever we go. Mm -hmm. So whether that's being a lawyer, we want to be a, a, a good lawyer, a lawyer that's connected to understanding the heart of God. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so they, they go after justice, not, not because they don't think truth exists. It's important for a lawyer to recognize truth does exist. Mm -hmm. And because that truth exists, I want to fight for that truth. I want to fight for justice for people who are being taken advantage mm -hmm. of. We want them to go out and be, be doctors because we want them to bring healing but but how amazing would it be that they not only use the 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 tools that they have in with medicine and other things but now they can also pray for people as well and i love the stories that dana tells me of nurses who are who are praying for kids you know that's the type of things that i want to see the mm -hmm. students catching is that it's i want to use the tools of the trade but i know that i have more tools mm -hmm. because my tools aren't limited to just the earthly things mm -hmm. yeah, they they really i awesome. have the the tools of god at my hands to be able able to bring the kingdom in whatever area that I'm able to work in. So whether that's real estate or being a, a, a elementary school teacher or, uh, you know, whatever it might yeah. be, a coach, whatever it is, mm -hmm. I have to have that connection with God because I want to be able to bring what God has for whatever area of work. And so I want to do the best that I can because I want to bring the kingdom of God wherever I am. And that's this idea of shaloming, which is what mm -hmm. Jeremiah 29 talks about. Beautiful. See, oh, I wow. told you, I told you we have gold all around us. I'm like, holy cow, there's another big chunk. I know, I know. He is it's amazing. amazing. Wow. Well, and you are in school right now, too. Mm -hmm. And are you studying? I know you're studying similar things. Again, you're both academics. Tell mm -hmm. us about what you're doing in school. Yeah. So I have just started a doctorate in um, Holocaust and Genocide Studies, <laughs> which Will is a bit of a conversation stopper. As I'm going <laughs> to call you. I'm going to call you Dr. Dana in front of the kids, just so you know. I'm going to say, girls, boys, it's time for Dr. Dana. That's but exactly right. Years. 
Wow, so you're getting Love your it. doctorate and take it one more time in um, Holocaust and Genocide Studies. Okay, which is taking you across the world. Um, it will, hopefully, okay, back okay. across the world. You know, I just want to brag on the Lord a little bit in a sense of um, <laughs> at this point Thank in you. our lives, like we can look back and see it's like pieces of a puzzle that at the time it's like these don't what fit is together. Happening? Right. <laughs> And then, like, when you see more and more of your life play out and you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, I thought when people say things like he doesn't waste anything, like, I believe that. But when you actually see, so we mentioned meeting in campus ministry, and um, I was on staff in New England for a while. And um, I wouldn't even take a philosophy course in undergrad because it freaked me out. It was too hard. But there was a guy on my team, my staff team, who would take an Ivy League student's argument against God and put it in symbolic logic and, it, and basically say, this is why your argument's wrong. And he would do it very lovingly, but, but I mean, engaging the mind, that whole loving God with your mind. Mm-hmm. I'm it's like, how do you do thing. that? <laughs> and so he really kind of wow. hooked me onto philosophy, which is what we ended up doing our graduate work in. And afterwards, I thought about going on. I didn't because we started a family. And also because um, the, the thing with, with academia, particularly in the universities, the professors are pretty much like the monarch of their classroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, they, they really choose the readings, they choose all of that. And so it's such a great opportunity to um, engage in deep levels. But ideally with education, you want them to be looking at it from different angles, which sadly doesn't always happen. Because mm-hmm. right. a lot of times it's like, but this is the, the way. And we saw in campus ministry, students who would come in, really strong believers, go to school, take a class. All of a sudden, I'm not sure if this is real anymore. Mm. And I worked That's with a, a student um, in California, and she was a psychology major. And one of the things we talked about was how do you find inroads from the gospel from your major into the good news? And so I said, for instance, you're taking psychology. So when you guys talk about the soul, she goes, what do you mean? And I said, are you taking psychology? Don't you talk about the soul? She goes, no, we don't talk about the soul. And I had no idea that in psychology they didn't talk about the soul soul anymore. It was all scientific, all like everything has become just science, what we can observe, empirical evidence, like all of that. And so... We kept running into these kind of, I felt like they were walls on the campus as far as like, I don't know how to engage your worldview in a way to help you see what you're being taught isn't right. So, um, but anyway, we started a family, moved to Georgia. I wasn't really sure what to do. Um, I I did apply to some schools, didn't get in, wasn't the right time. The Lord has been, the Lord led me to Bassem. I'm like, oh, this is different. Okay, here we go. That's so Um, super different. (laughs) Yeah, that's so super different. (laughs) And funny, he knew I needed that before I could do what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. Wow. In that, um, yeah, I've I've got this, I found this online program from a Jewish school where we study Holocaust and genocide studies. It's a fairly new discipline. It's interdisciplinary. But it's not, there are very few schools that actually offer a degree in that. It's usually history with that emphasis or whatever. But um, I have like 12 people in my cohort, and I am loving the interaction with them, seeing the world through their eyes, hearing their stories. Mm. Um, It is hard. It is just emotionally rough. Some of the stuff I read, I'm like, okay. um, But... The way the Lord has and is meeting me, like I, I was reading books for probably three years before I, I thought seriously about pursuing a degree in this. And then I figured if I'm reading this much, I might as well get a degree in it. And it's when we were at Living Proof. I had been reading a lot about the Warsaw Ghetto, which is like the main Jewish uprising, which they didn't make it. And they knew they weren't going to, but they were still going to fight back. And I'd been reading the journals of people who um, wrote in the, in the ghetto and actually hid them and were found later after the war. And um, at Living Proof in the middle of worship, the Lord and I are wrestling a little bit. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, where were you? Where were you in this ghetto when this was happening? And the Lord, I heard him say, Dana, I walked every street of that ghetto. And I just sat down. You know, it's like, who am I? But it was also that wow. sense of, God, I need your perspective in order to go into yeah. this. That's I really need helpful. to know. Yeah. I need to see. Because um, God gets thrown under the bus but oh, some of the readings thanks. that I do, he's a genocidal God. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Thanks, Dana. <laughs> it's just um, not in readings. I think yeah. he's so big and he's so wonderful mm-hmm. and he's got so much power that people just hang everything on him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. well, it's not you know, that saying about God can take it. I'm like, he can, but you are gnarling your heart mm-hmm. when you identify the innocent person as, as who's guilty. Yes. Wow. So it's really about our hearts doing well that. Said, but yes. I mean, whatever that means that he can take it. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't make it right. Right. You know, but he gets, he gets blamed for everything. Mm -hmm. And and, and it's, it's neat. It's neat. It's good. It's helpful to see 
because this is what I pray for regularly. Lord, show me where the deception is. Because it's just like in, in the garden, Eve didn't know she was being deceived. That's she helpful. seriously thought, if I eat this, I will be like God. Even though she'd already been told, you will be like God by being with him. And so a lot of times, and I think just in any realm as, as believers, as followers of Jesus, we need to recognize these people really do believe this. Right. Like they mm-hmm. really do believe right. Darwinian evolution. They really do believe no moral absolutes until like some of what you were saying, I was thinking this ties so well with what I'm studying because all truth is God's truth. Mm -hmm. So whether Mm -hmm. you recognize or believe that there's a God, he still exists and his Mm -hmm. truth still exists. And in the same way, truth is a person. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. Truth is a person. Yeah, absolutely. And so you could say, I don't believe in gravity. You're still going to feel the effects of it (laughs) when you jump off. Exactly. (laughs) Well, the moral truths are the same way. And it's Mm -hmm. very, very common nowadays to not believe in any moral truths. So they say, Right. But in this program, it's so interesting. We all believe in human dignity. We all believe that people have a right to live. We all believe it's wrong to target a group of people to annihilate them. But why? Yeah. And that's more of where I'm coming at it from mm-hmm. in my program. And a lot of this comes from philosophy, but it's also my heart is I believe we were made in the image of God. And so right. it doesn't matter how poor you are, how rich you are, right. how whatever you are like. Right. You, that's what gives you dignity. Mm-hmm. But then to engage with other people on your worldview, I hear you say they have dignity. What what gives them dignity mm-hmm. in your worldview? Like, why should we be doing this? So it's just, it's a really interesting arena. I just had a great flashback from you about in school. It was that first year <laughs> when I was teaching timelines. Well, I don't think I had gotten it completely together yet. Maybe not. But I, oh, you, you know, Bible. just from yeah. a teaching Bible. So in all of these years of teaching Bible, you know, I've always thought, but it's just is Adam, but really Eve is the one that started this. And so I had just started saying, and then Eve did this, just teaching. I mean, not, not with any angst at all. Dana, you spoke up with like, you were like, poor old Eve. You didn't say it, but I could hear the compassion in your voice for don't hang it on Eve. And I was all... Well, the Bible does say Adam. I'm going to go back to saying Adam. <laughs> I just heard the compassion. You you were connecting with Eve. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, both of them together. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, a, it's yeah. so, we rush through that story. And oh, there's right. so much that hangs oh, on. It's like, God, and the man so who was with her. And we just mm-hmm. keep going, wait, 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 wait. I know. Because, <laughs> you know, I grew up in the flannel graph era. And Adam was over here somewhere. And here's even the serpent. Oh, yeah, and totally. so, yeah. It wasn't until many years later that I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> it started with the flannel graph. You're like, oh, my god! I just dated myself. But that's no, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> oh, I love the flannel graph. <laughs> so much fun. Well, is it going well? It's an adjustment. Challenge. I, I mean, it it's, it's an adjustment um, being back in school and doing more academic um, work. Um, one of the areas where the Lord continues to meet me in such a gentle way is one reminding me I've led you here and I've got this and two, um, my job is to love. Wow. Like I'm going to do my job well, as far as reading and engaging and making an argument or whatever, but especially, you know, when you don't find your identity in Christ, you're going to find it. You're going to look for it somewhere. It's either going to be in sports or in your income or wherever it's going to be in an academia. I mean, I was in an Ivy school. I mean, the egos are yeah. bigger than Atlanta, you know, and it's yeah, just kind yeah. of like, whoa, but it's insecurity. Mm. And so, um, I don't have to prove myself and it's probably good cause I'm new to this arena. So there's a lot that I really don't know, but as I'm engaging with people and it's like, just looking for little ways, Lord, how do I, how do I ask a question? How do I affirm them in a point that they make? How do I pray for them? You know, I mean, there's, yeah. it's just, I'm, I'm learning from them. And several of them are Jewish. I've become friends with a Jewish rabbi mm-hmm. here. Um, we've celebrated as so families. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we have so much to learn mm-hmm. from them. I mean, that's where our, our faith was birthed yeah. from. Yeah. And so it's just neat to see. And that happened at Bassam during, uh, during worship one night. The Lord said, you need to look up a local synagogue. I'm like, okay. So I emailed and I heard back from the rabbi and he's like, how did you find us? I was like, I just emailed you and we've become good friends. I mean, we, he'll bring her, uh, uh, bagels from New York. And so he's actually made comments that Dana is a better Jew than many of the people who attend the synagogue. So you mentioned something earlier, um, about, about school, um, and how it's affected you, um, Mm -hmm in the way that you kind of that you're engaging in your this degree Mm -hmm. that you're getting now can you kind of maybe fill that out just a little bit maybe give us a couple of examples of of how it's helped you one and then two 
um, maybe some something, maybe a prophetic word or, or, or something supernatural that's happened? Okay, great. Yeah. Those are good questions. Um, one, I would say probably the best way it's prepared me from day one of Bassam, the, the goal is identity. The goal is you need to know who you are. And yeah, you are so a daughter great. of the king. You're a son of the king. You have the inheritance. Like mm-hmm. all of the stuff that were verses to me and kind of out there became a lot more, no, I need to pull that in still. You know, I need to mm-hmm. sit in that. What does it mean that I am seated in the heavenlies? Mm-hmm. What does it mean that, you know, who you mm-hmm. say that I am, what does that mean? If I didn't have that kind of grounding, I think going back into an academic a- a- arena, and particularly for those of you who are familiar with Enneagram, I'm a three <laughs> performer. Yep, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I've performed my whole life. And so, you know, it's very easy for me to be like, oh, look at my grade. You know, I want something, right? I mean, I wouldn't have said it that way then. But, but what the Lord has done and continues to do in my life, had I not had that and keep going back to, you know what, it, it doesn't ma- matter what I know. It doesn't matter how great I score because oh. the whole reason I'm doing this isn't for a grade. It's to get as skilled as I can be so that I can be as prepared for whatever the next step is. If it's teaching, if it's writing, if it's advising, just making people aware of this is how. I mean, right now, my heart's breaking over what's going on in Turkey and Syria. I know. I mean, it's just because we're reading this and then I'm watching this and I'm like, Lord, just have mercy. Please oh. have mercy. Because oh. so many times it's civilians, it's people who they're not the ones in the decision making position, but they're the ones who are affected. Always. By it. Oh. Always. So community is huge. Um, when the Lord started making things a lot more clear in the spring, I shared with my whole second year class. Hey, guys, I won't be doing third year. This is why. And I need you. I need your prayers. I need your support. Um, I, I need to know that, like, I'm not in this alone, even though I know I'm not in this alone. Once you're physically removed, it feels a little bit like, wait, that was kind of a dream. And I graduated and they're going on and on there. Um, <laughs> prophetic words. I'm glad you asked that because um, last year in Panama City Beach, Alicia gave me this word. She's like, OK, this is really weird. But like, I'm seeing a skull and crossbones. I'm like, oh, no, keep going. Keep going, girl. Oh, my gosh, because you were already thinking about studying yes. genocide and Holocaust. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. Look at her. Way another, to be courageous. You would, that's a stepping out. I know. I got another word. Um, this was, I think, toward the end of first year, so I hadn't quite made this transition quite yet, but it was funny because the guy's like, Okay, I see a fly. I said, oh, I see something with wings. So you're thinking, oh, bird, butterfly. No, it was a fly. <laughs> and he's like, and you know how flies like land and they like throw up and then they, like, where is this going? <laughs> and he goes, he said, well, it's like everywhere you go, like you throw up a little bit of God. I'm like, okay, I'll go with that. And then he said, I won't use the language, but he said, you're, you're not afraid of the crap. You're not afraid of the hard stuff. You're not afraid to go. Mm. And that's true. It, it's like, I'm not afraid. I don't like it because it is the sewers of humanity. Like mm. I, I, yeah. I have read things where I'm literally just like, wait, what? Side note. How did it happen? My appreciation for the cross could not be greater. Oh, because the more this. you see this, the so more you're nice. like, and Jesus, I would have walked away. Mm. You, you became sin. Yeah. Like you he became lit. those things and you didn't give up when you could have. So that's, that's a whole side note. But that word, you know, and, and just certain things, and then it, he went on to say some more, but, and I need to be a wise steward of my Bassin experience and go back and look at these different prophetic words, but um, words about being a mother of nations, and that can be a common word, but I, I'm wondering if some of that has to do with um, the aftermath. There's not been a lot of work done on um, the other side of genocide, and so I would love to know, like, what does it look like to do sozo in those places? What does oh. it look like to, you know... Um, Rwanda, I've actually thought about connections since we already are connected with Sherry Lewis being in Africa and Rwanda is now 25 years out from their genocide and how have they healed? They have actually talked about forgiveness. So, I mean, there's just, there's so many different ways this could go that I'm just, I'm kind of along for the ride. Why Holocaust and genocide? What made you choose that? So, um, Right after I graduated from college, I was an education major, and okay. I worked for a year, and I wanted to, I did a missions trip with my church to Estonia, which is okay. one of the Baltic countries mm-hmm. up by Russia. I was there for a week, and I was like, I want to go back for longer to the former Soviet Union. And so um, I went to Western Ukraine for a year and um, did not know it, not really. The city that I lived in um, had actually, I think it was the second or the third largest Jewish population prior to World War II. Mm. And there were massacres there. And I, I mean, I saw the occasional monument, but I didn't, no one really talked about it. 
so that was kind of there. And then um, I've always just, my, my dad was in the Air Force in the 60s. He was in Germany when they built the Berlin Wall. Okay. So as a child, I heard stories of people who lived in countries where they couldn't pray, they couldn't go to church, they couldn't sing. And that was just, that just weighed on my mm. little child's heart sure. and always has. Sure. So it, it's interesting how in some ways I feel like full circle where there's um, a sense of people who've grown up in regimes or they've experienced things mm. that um, are from an anti-biblical worldview. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it look like? What does it look like to bring the kingdom and then I don't know when this started. It, it, it was probably Bassem or shortly before. I am haunted. Do you ever have a verse that just haunts you? Oh. I have no other way to describe it, it sure. but haunts me mm-hmm. yeah. in a good way. But um, <laughs> keeps me <laughs> up at night you. in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the tree of life. And in scripture, when it talks mm-hmm. about whose leaves are for the healing mm-hmm. of the nations. Wow. And I just sometimes press into that with the Lord and say, God, what, is, what does that mean? That awesome the leaves are for the healing of the nations. And when we sing that song, all the nations, they will come Mm -hmm. holding break broken chains above Mm -hmm. their heads. So I just, there's a sense of like interceding for the nations, Mm -hmm. speaking up on behalf of the nations, going to the nations, like whatever that looks like, you know, it's, it's, um, we are a global family Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, um, it's a global kingdom. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's beautiful. Just beautiful. Um, in that, and one last question about the studies. In those studies, how how difficult? Well, how easy is it actually to just identify um, that? Would you say the sewers of humanity? That that's why Jesus came. Oh. I mean, are you thinking that? I mean, that's always how I navigate through these things of just atrocious wow. things. I was watching everything going on in Syria before hmm. we came, and I just I always remember this is why. Yeah. This is why you did what you did. Yeah. Because that's human nature. Right, right. That's what human nature will do mm-hmm. given the chance. Right, right. And and you wanted us to have God nature and we needed something else. Yes. So thank you. Like yes. are you is that how is that uh, is that part of it when you're processing? I'm so glad you said human nature because I'm at the very beginning of my program and they want us to go ahead and start thinking about our dissertation topic. And I keep being drawn back to this human nature and agency. Well, and so much of what we've been Reading comes more from anthropology, sociology, okay. history, mm-hmm. which is helpful for context, but those disciplines are descriptive. They're not normative. So they can say, I, I'm watching mm-hmm. this play out, but they can't say why. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's interesting because they keep kind of looking for, well, did history cause so this or did modern nation states cause this? And I keep, it's like I can't help but go, but people make this up. People make um, up governments. People make up nations. People make up, like, you, you can't get away from And, and they'll recognize, because there's been a shift used to, people looked at genocide as a crime of hate. And so it was Hitler, it was the Nazis, it was those bad people. And then there's been a shift where, and sadly, we see a similar dynamic in America with mass shootings. And it's that, well, that person seemed, how could they do that? What was it about them that they, they never did all these things? And so we started looking They're at... They're less the villain. Yes. Why, like, I, I could do that. I, I could have done that. And so it has shifted from becoming, um, or from being seen, for some, seen as a um, crime of uh, hate to a crime of identity. Whoa. And so there's a lot of jealousy in there. There's a lot of hatred. There's a lot of this group is standing in my way of what I want it's human nature. It's human nature. Mm-hmm. It's very much a, there's something in us that I power and control. So I'm trying and praying into what does it look like to explore that aspect philosophically, mm-hmm. but that aspect of, of that, because it's, and, and I've written a little bit about this for my class, but I see it as like fire. You have a fire in a fireplace. It's wonderful. It's a campfire. It's great. Let's all gather around and make s'mores. But you have a fire raging in California. It's not wonderful. And it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I can't really think of anything that's more powerful than being made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Because if you are made in his image. That would be the fireplace. Oh, yes. When you are walking it out in him. But that power can be mm-hmm. used for good, for great good or for great evil. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of... Um, but so I love that you said human nature. As far as like thinking about this is why he came. Um, I, I'm more baffled. I mean, there, there's I've even texted things to the rabbi, things that I've read, and I'm like, I can't, I can't grasp this. And he mm. goes, it's unfathomable. It like is. just it's you don't even need to try to. But it Jesus was Jewish, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not just mm. that the Son of God came. But it's like, these are his people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it, it's, 
I have no words because I get to the point where I'm like, Lord, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, no words. I'm kind of with you in this. I would not be doing this if I did not know that wow. I knew that I knew that I knew. He's yeah. like, let's do this because yeah. it really is. What was that show that used to be on like the dirty jobs or whatever? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Yeah. The dirtiest jobs. Right, right. And it's like every episode, it's like one of those reality TV shows, you know, it's like, and they always <laughs> have these dirty jobs. And I'm like, this is kind of like, I don't know that I want to. Anyway. <laughs> awesome awesome ed about you you said something one time about your organization that it was to train people and you touched on this just now about lawyers you know going in mm-hmm. and, and being the best um when you got that job that was before you were at bethel right it was was that part of what connected you to our language around here about marketplace ministry you know, that oh. Jesus is in us, and so we take him everywhere we go. The Holy Spirit's in us, so he makes us holy. And if you're sweeping the floor, it's holy. <laughs> right. And if you're flipping burgers, it's holy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if you're the president, of the, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. it's holy because he's in you. Yes. Like, when did those dots start connecting for you? Yeah, they, they connected for me when, when I was in grad school. Okay. And so as, as we were in grad school and we were studying and doing more in the area of the, theology and philosophy and we were getting more involved with, with Anaheim Vineyard, it was probably in, in some, uh, some of my philosophy and theology classes because our professors in our philosophy program were so good at bringing f- the philosophy and theology together. And that was mm-hmm. kind of a, a heart of ours was uh, what we were seeing within the church is you either had people on one side that were... Um, that were all about the life of the mind and that it was about reason and thinking and and they might have wonderful arguments but there wasn't a whole lot of heart there wasn't a whole lot of life Life. there wasn't a lot of abiding in christ and so there was even though they could do everything and they might have a lot of the right answers they didn't really have the love and scripture i think is very clear if we do all these things without love we're just a a sounding gong Mm -hmm. and that's not very helpful and so, uh, and so, get rid of the gum. <laughs> right? And then on the the other end, you would you would get people who are very much about the heart, and they wanted to do things with a lot of compassion, but it was kind of a check your mind at the door kind of a kind of an approach. And and Dana and I have always been, gosh, how do we bring these two communities together? Because mm-hmm. if we can get this right, there's so much power there. Wow. Because we have to be able to use the life of the mind, mm-hmm. but we also have to be connecting our heart and our life with mm-hmm. who God is. And so that's where I think it gets really powerful is when we're able to bring the two together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because when you think about it, when Jesus was asked, what are the two greatest commandments? What does he say? He says the first is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So what does it look like to love God with your mind? Mm -hmm. It means we can't check our mind at the door. We have to to engage our mind, but we have to learn how to engage it in a Christianly way, Mm -hmm. in the way in which God has designed our minds to be, to overcome the the effects of the fall, so that we're using our minds in conjunction with our souls, so that we can bring good to the world. Is that lining up your thoughts with God's thoughts? Did you just say renewing the mind? Yeah, so like like Romans 12. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so as as we're kind of working through those the passages and understanding those biblical truths, and seeing those come out, you know the the places where where it's most lived out are, are in places like Bethel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have a question: wow. when when you um, when you're here in our environment at mm-hmm. church or with kids, and you you hear somebody get a prophetic word that's accurate, yeah, or you see somebody get healed, yes, or 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 you experience an encounter with the Lord yourself, mm-hmm. what does that do with your philosophy and your theology? Yeah, it, it all comes together. Yes. And, and you know, yeah. first, first it's, it's praise God. It's, yeah. it's, wow, look at God go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, because because this, is, this is what he's about, right? Yeah, he's, about, he's about restoring. He's about renewing. He's about bringing things back and making them the way in which they are supposed to be. Right. Wow. That's that's the problem of evil. Right. The, the problem of evil is that it's not the way it's supposed to be. Right. When God moves, he makes it the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, and so so when when I see those things happen, it's like you see 
who God is, you see the attributes of God, right? Yeah. Who he is, his identity. He loves his people. He loves people. He wants to bring wholeness and goodness to them. You see the theology as it's working out in scripture and what Jesus was doing and what Paul was doing and what Peter was doing oh, and yeah. what he wow. called the 72 to do when they went out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you see the theology coming together, and then you also see the philosophy coming together, right? The philosophy of this is, this is what it looks like to have a mind that's operating in the kingdom of God, yeah. is that we see, we, we have eyes to see spiritually mm-hmm. and we move spiritually. Wow. But we also have a heart to, to feel things spiritually, and we have mm-hmm. a, 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 we, a mind to think things spiritually. And so that's the whole idea is that we come, come around and we're thinking Christianly about the world. How do we, how do we think God's thoughts after him? Mm-hmm. You know, that becomes mm-hmm. important. It reminds beautiful. me of, um, is it first or second Corinthians where, where Paul talks about the wisdom of the world versus the wisdom mm-hmm. of, of heaven. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and, and there is a bit of a tension because in Proverbs, it talks about don't lean on your own understanding. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are times where it's like, we do try to live in our heads too much, but, um, but yeah, that, that whole, the, the wisdom that comes from God, mm-hmm. which is so cool because you see Jesus doing that and he'll say something and people are like, whoa. And I pray for that, you know, mm-hmm. that like yeah. when I'm having a conversation, I don't even need to invoke the name of God or Jesus. If I'm saying something that's truthful it's brilliant. and mm-hmm. heaven is on yeah. that, you know, yeah. then there, mm-hmm. there's the, let God do his thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting. You know, when, when you ask people who the smartest person who's ever lived is, you know, they'll mention Einstein, they'll, they'll mention, you know, different, you know, they, they may, may mention, uh, um, uh, uh, um, What's the, what's the the scientist's name who's in the wheelchair? Uh, Hawkins. Uh, Hawkins uh, um, and, you know they'll mention different different people like this, but you never hear them mention Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you think about it, Jesus was the smartest man who's ever lived. Ever. If you read through Scripture and you see how he how he interacts uh-huh. with the Sadducees, <laughs> he was brilliant. He he, he gives them an brilliant. answer uh, uh, about resurrection that, I mean we could probably come up with better answers than what Jesus gave. But then when you start realizing the reason that he gave that answer is because it's not just, he knew what the right answer was. He knew what the answer is that they would accept. Mm -hmm. And he calls them to, he mentions uh, uh, basically what their, what their, their motto was. And it helped them to see that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not that he was. And that, that he is shows that he's still alive and that he is a God of resurrection. And the genius of him, he was the God that is answering them, but he's also the God of what would be us. So he was giving us tools. You know, he didn't end slavery, but boy, he lined out all yes. the tools we needed for some person to finally go, yeah. hey, what if we tried right. this thing without using people? What do you guys <laughs> think? You know, and. They were basically our yeah, founders. Thank God for I have an idea, yeah. but it was all from the New Testament. So while he was he was being the God that what and that present to the Sadducees yes. and the Pharisees, he was also equipping Absolutely. us. Yes, that's right. He was a genius. Yeah. While tying everything from oh. Adam to yes. Noah to I mean, he was he was just all of it. He was oh, a right. genius. Yeah. Yes, yeah. right, so right. Simple genius. And you know how he did it. I have a story to tell you about yes. farming. Yeah. <laughs> right. For real. Yeah. You take this seed. I mean, he made these simple, beautiful stories, but they, they tied everything together. Yep. They answered it then, mm-hmm. and they have sustained us for 2,000 plus That's years. So right. And the power of story. Oh. I mean, that alone, like the power of story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His story, other people's stories, mm-hmm. just draws you in. Yeah, I, I have a fun story. Uh, the The first year that I was working at Impact, uh, the the Impact community is not quite as as they're, they're open but cautious, is, is what many of them would say. So like Reagan, trust and verify. verify. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and that, that quote. That verify is very <laughs> serious. <laughs> it's more like trust. You better verify. <laughs> Well, and the fun thing is, since Dane and I have, have been at, at Impact, anytime something supernatural comes up, that we they always kind of punt the students to us because they're not really sure what to do with them. This is one for the board. Yeah. And, and so um, uh, we, one of our professors came in, Dr. J.P. Moreland, and he was talking about uh, his book, The Kingdom Triangle. And in the Kingdom Triangle, he talks about these three legs that have to be present as far as uh, living a, a kingdom life. And it, it's uh, it's renewing the mind, it's restoring the spirit's power, it's renovating the heart. Those are the three legs of the, the, the triangle. 
It's a great book. And so if, when he starts talking about restoring the Spirit's power, he starts talking about these supernatural things that have happened to him. And he talks about there being three angels around him mm. and how he knows that there are three angels around him. And he talks about prophetic, the words that have been given to him that were very specific. And he even talks about some different healings and some near-death experience. And he talks some different things to be able to show and give evidence that the Spirit is still moving. Well, one of the girls was just, she was very skeptical. And she was like, I'm not sure if I buy this stuff. She didn't say anything to anybody, but she just said, okay, I'm going to put it to the test. And so she picked out one of the students and began praying for that student. So JP at that time was taught on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Saturday went back to the airport. On Sunday night, we would do these kind of hall meetings where all the students would come together. Well, in one of the other rooms, this one young man that she was praying for, he showed up to the campus and he was legally blind. He couldn't see in one of his eyes. And, uh, and so, but he was a really good student. And so she was praying for this student, and as she's praying for him, um, uh, she's, she doesn't have a lot of faith. She doesn't think anything's going to happen, but she's just kind of testing God to see if he's going to do anything. Well, the student is laying in his bed, and the students are reading. They, they read quite a bit uh, as part of our program because we have to, help, have to get some content so that they can think through things. And, uh, and he's laying on his bed Sunday morning, and he's just kind of reading. He takes a break, and he rubs his eyes, and he looks over, and we have on each of the rooms, there's a, a whiteboard that has uh, different colored markers on them so that the students can take notes and kind of work out ideas and think and get curious about things. And, uh, and, and he kind of goes back to reading. He says, wait a minute. I just saw the color of those pens. Oh and he took goodness. his glasses off, and he kind of starts rubbing his eyes and kind of testing himself and putting one hand over the different eyes. And, uh, and he starts getting really excited because he's realizing he can now see. And his roommates come in, and his roommates are testing him, and, and they're really excited. Well, they're so excited to get to, to the hall meeting to share with everybody. So they get to the hall meeting, and they finally ask if, you know, things to be able to share for the students. And, and Daniel stands up, and he shares. You know, I, I can now see out of my eye. Well, this one young lady gets up and is crying and runs out of the room. She hadn't said anything to anybody. No, no, she hasn't said anything to anybody. And so our staff are like, wait a minute, what's going on? We should be celebrating, not running out of the room crying. (laughs) Right, right. And so so one of our female staff goes and chases chases her down and she's like, What's going on? What's what's wrong? She said, Well, I didn't I didn't believe JP Moreland. I didn't believe what he had to say. And so I put God to the test and I've been praying that God would heal Daniel's eye. And and in that in that moment in that moment, she experienced God is real and God was listening to her. Whoa. And it yeah. completely changed her view on do, yeah. does God do miracles today? New world view. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it changed her world view. It's a new world view. That's right. For sure. And that's fantastic wow. because now she th- sees things more clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he has a new world view. And he does. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, literally. He can, right. <laughs> like, come on. He can all of those students. Yes. And all were those, there at that's the right. whole meeting. I mean, that just touches right. everybody. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you guys, that's beautiful. Wow. Okay, uh, these are our children's ministers. Just saying. Just saying. (laughs) We are stacked in our corner. Like, totally stacked. You just don't even know what's happening in Kingdom Kids. I mean. You guys make us who we are. Come on. You totally have our back. You have many, many times. That's right. Oh, you guys make us so rich. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so glad we finally had the chance to do this. I feel like I just had a feast. This was so great. I Thank love that love the love God with your mind. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You know, I was just in here thinking the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotion. So you could yeah. say the mind, the will, and the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you can totally see where you have a group that just majors on the heart and neglects the mind, yeah. and a group that majors on the mind and neglects the heart. But yeah. I love your idea, and it sounds a little bit like a call to what could happen if we put the mind and the heart together. Yes. You would have a whole soul. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, and there are actually two other components of the soul, which would be the the, um, the five senses as well as the spirit. And mm-hmm. then those five things make up the soul. Wow. Um, that's beautiful. That's wow. Oh, wow. But we need each other. Yes, yeah. that's right. I think that's a big reason. One of the reasons why the Lord brought us to Bethel, but I think a big reason why he called me to go through Bassam yeah. is because mm-hmm. of my comfort in being more cerebral or more analytical or more well, in the mind. We're all coming from stretched. Yeah, exactly. totally. Yeah. But, but to really have, I mean, to put yourself in those places where 
I'm willing to be stretched. I'm willing to hear something from That's a perspective helpful. that I'm not yeah. used mm-hmm. to, or I'm so willing to put helpful. my shoe under the table and someone give me a prophetic word based on my <laughs> yes. I can tell you, that was cool. <laughs> I just didn't even know. Yeah. You, and you rocked amazing. it. You, um, you were hearing so clearly. Yeah, Everyone like, got it really was, accurate it was, words. It was great. It was yeah. funny. We so. had the thought, we were like, maybe we should do this all the time. I'm like, no. <laughs> this is that thing. Aww. I know. It was like, we should make it a game all the time, but that was amazing that that yeah. just happened. Really you guys yeah. were great revival people. Oh, you guys were great <laughs> people. Wow. We are, I hate to do this, but we are running out of time. Yeah. We, we, you guys, thank you, thank so, you much so much for coming. Honor. It has oh. been so great. And I love the testimonies. I love hearing these things. And you know what? Um, for all the people who are listening in podcast world, if any of these testimonies like resonated with you, they've ministered to you, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us, bachats at BethelAtlanta.com. We would love to hear from you, hear what God's doing in your life, and maybe even give the opportunity to take a podcast to share what's happening out in podcast world because there's a whole digital community that's happening out here that we really don't even know about yeah. um, that are listening that are being ministered to that we that 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 we know when we look at the computer we say oh my gosh people are listening from all over the planet oh, okay. all over the world it's really great so we would love to hear from you ba chats at bethelatlanta.com oh thank you guys again boards we appreciate you and you guys remember that jesus loves you and we love you too 